Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude Branding, a hospitality, branding, and experience design agency. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of chatting with Chris Frampton, CEO at East West Partners, located in Denver, Colorado. East West Partners exists to create terrific places that bring people together, sharing meaningful experiences. Over the last 30 years, they have developed some of the world's top resort and urban communities, hotels, and office buildings. Today, we speak with Chris about the methodology and mission behind his team's work, how the core values show up through their portfolio, and some unique insights you won't want to miss. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to chat. Hi, good to be here. So uh, we've been keeping up a little bit now f- with uh, East West Partners and uh, just love what you guys are doing, what projects you're involved with, and um, been doing a little bit more digging recently into kind of the ethos of of your company and, and how you guys operate, and it's just really fascinating. Um, but I'd love if you have, uh, could just kind of share a high-level overview of East West Partners and, you know, for people that are listening that might not be very familiar with what you guys are doing and, and your company and the culture and things, uh, you know, how would you describe East West? Um, East West Partners is, uh, it's a Vail-based company. Actually got started in Vail and let's go with 1984. Um, started by my dad, actually, Harry Frampton, who had been previously president of Vail. And um, he was thinking about uh, what to do. They had sold the resort um, uh, to George Gillette and he was trying to decide what he wanted to do. And he and my mom were thinking about moving to uh, Atlanta. I think at one point I was enrolled at Pace Academy in Atlanta and my parents had a piece of uh, land under contract in the Greenwood Village neighborhood in Denver, thinking about moving to Denver. Uh, and my parents decided that they loved Vail and that they didn't want to leave Vail. And so my dad had to figure out what to do. He um, talked with uh, Mark Smith and Chris Wright, and um, the three of them started East West Partners. And so uh, they got to work developing real estate. Their first project was a, um, I think, 12-unit townhome project in Beaver Creek called the the Meadows that still exists today, which is impressive, and, um, uh, and goes from there. Um, over the course of the next 30 years, we expanded a lot. And um, today, East West is really uh, three companies. It's a um, uh, it's East West Partners, which is a development company, which is where I work, and then uh, East West Hospitality, which is our our management company, manage hotels, neighborhoods, retail, uh, and homeowner associations, and then Slifer Smith and Frampton, which is our sales arm. And Slifer Smith and Frampton is the um, depending on the year, one of the largest uh, real estate brokerages in Colorado, uh, primarily based in the mountains, although we do some work in Denver too. So. Um, a long way in between those two steps, but um, still a pretty cool place to work. So how old were you when your dad started it? I think I was, um, it's a great question, 14. I'm going to go with 14. I know I was 10 when we moved to Denver, Dustin, so somewhere <laughs> in there. Yeah. So did you know at that age that you would get into this as an adult or 
what was that journey like? No, I, I think I thought I, um, at that time I wanted to be an architect. If I remember correctly, I mean, wanted to be, I, I played tennis and skied and hung out <laughs> with my friends. I wanted to do those three things. Um, I then was really serious about being a journalist coming uh, through college. I was an English major, um, worked at the school newspaper for a long, long time. And, um, the entire time I was at Davidson, uh, in fact, becoming one of the editors. And um, I had um, an opportunity in college to intern with the Wall Street Journal, which was unbelievable. And I got to do all kinds of crazy, cool stuff for a summer. And um, But figured out I didn't want to be a, a journalist at that time. And so um, I got out of school and uh, I was a terrible, terrible undergraduate student. And um, so it took me ex some extra time. And uh, got out, but I was very fortunate to get uh, hired in a kind of uh, short-term role in Charlotte uh, with Trammell Crow Residential, um, uh, working for uh, an amazing guy um, named Jim Simpson. And so um, got to learn the real estate business right away. And um, it was a good place to start. That's awesome. So when did, when did you join um, East West as a, as a partner or, or how, what did that transition look like? Yeah, so I came to East West in 2002. Uh, my wife and I moved to Denver from Austin. I came in to um, be the head of sales and marketing in Denver. So uh, at the time, uh, we were developing Riverfront Park, uh, big master plan, but urban community uh, downtown Denver. And um, we were selling projects. The first, first project that I led the sales team on was called Creekside, uh, 40 homes and um, a first phase. And then that would go on to have two more phases and I did that for about six years seven years I think that's I think that's about right um maybe a little longer than that and then um uh started to get more and more responsibility in the Denver office and then uh, when we signed the um program to develop Union Station um uh Mark Smith asked me to sort of run the real estate for Denver and Mark had been my uh, boss and and um so I became the head of development in Denver um, which was great. So uh, really, really enjoyed that. And I did that till about two years ago um, when Craig Ferraro, who had been our CEO, retired to greater pastures and uh, <laughs> somehow convinced other people that I might be good at the job. And so uh, I took on the role as CEO of our development company. So you started in 2002. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my thought is like jumping to 2008, obviously with, you know, the recession during that time what sort of you know seeing where we're at right now with this pandemic and the kind of a little bit of a recession yeah. we're going through right now like what was that 2008 like for you guys you know different for different parts of the company um i would say my instinct is that sometimes um you know dealing with a recession is sometimes lucky so in denver um mark and amy carr and myself and uh, then a guy named Matt Mahoney, we, we were kind of fortunate. We didn't have a lot of projects that were um, coming out of the ground and that would be susceptible to not selling. Um, and that was really, really lucky. And, and in fact, we were in the process at the time of planning Union Station, um, which generated a big fee for us and uh, was a really awesome opportunity and right up our alley of knowing what to do. And so um, we were doing that. So in Denver, we did fine. I mean, I don't want to overstate. We had a couple of people that we had to let go, but 
there was there was some chance that was going to happen anyway, not because of their skill set, but because um, of just where we were in the development cycle and the projects that we were doing. Um, so that was good, you know. For our other projects, we had a East West had a massive project in the North Shore, like Tahoe. Still have some presence there, and um, that project really got hung up in 08 uh, to the point where um, we actually had the only bankruptcy in the history of our company. So. Um, and that one was really just timing. It's a beautiful Ritz-Carlton um, hotel. It's absolutely one of the best hotels anywhere. And um, sometimes you just sometimes you just get unlucky. And um, so that was that 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 was really our 2008 experience. Now, in terms of lessons learned, I mean, I think you know uh, rules that we already followed: uh, don't take on too much debt, uh, don't guarantee it personally, and um, and um, be ready to pivot because hope is not a strategy and when you're going into a downturn you got to sell stuff so um normally all of those would apply this cycle is very strange because it's a downturn and that we are selling a ton of real estate so uh, very unusual mm-hmm. yeah just looking at your portfolio it looks like um you, there's definitely a strategy behind um choosing new sites how, how do you go about that and can you give us any insight into the methodology there? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that there's a, a, a magic to it, but I, um, I would say that East West is very much driven by location. And, um, you know, everybody knows the rules, location, 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 and um, those rules are true. So for us, it's, um, uh, it, it's really innate to our culture to choose to be in the best places. Um, the, the example is that we will not go into a new market unless a already senior partner is willing to move into that market. And um, that's had some pretty amazing effects considering that we started in Vail. So everybody who was in Vail did not want to uh, go to another ski mountain even. And so um, that was a real, that was a real um, sort of driver for us still is. Um, and so we, Mark Smith, who, had found the company with my dad moved to Denver. Ross Bowker, who founded the property management company, moved to Charleston. Uh, we did work in Seattle. Chuck Madison moved to Seattle. And um, you know, today the the new version of our group, we've got Bill Five Ash in Deer Valley and Andy Gunyan in Snowmass. And those guys, that's where they wanted to be. Those are the places that they wanted to live. And so that's that's sort of rule number one for us. I think number two, um, in the short version, is we really do believe that the best risk mitigator for us as a owner as an operator and as a developer is to be in the best places the best places come back first the best places do better in upturns and uh, that comes down guys all the way to the street and whether you're on this side of the street or the other side of the street there's there's no doubt Um, which doesn't mean there's not room to do things that are nearby and kind of create new place which we hopefully get the chance to do from time to time um but at that point, we're trying to hopefully create a place that is as good as the others. So um, that's the driver for us. A lot of thought about that. Yeah. So it, you mentioned earlier, like that you guys have experienced, I mean, over the last 30 plus years, like tremendous growth. And then, you know, you're, you're 18 years now at East West Partners. You know, what is through that time period, what has, you know, been some things that have really just energized you or fueled you to keep on um, you know, keeping your foot on the pedal, so to speak. Well, look, I mean, we did a, we, we did a cool thing that, that 
I think lots of companies do, and we really we, we really enjoy. It. We did about two to half three years ago now, maybe a little last week. Put together a program to kind of interview all of our people and why they're in the business and what they like about East West, and we use that to work out our values and what our sort of mission and vision are. And I have for a long time believed that it's really great if we can take, you know, mission and vision, very good, nice to 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 fret over those words because they help everybody sort of think clearly, but they're too long and they're hard to say. And so how do we get that to a mantra? Um, and for us, that mantra is create terrific places. And um, we really mean that. It, it, the, 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 um, the words actually have meaning to us. Uh, they don't necessarily have meaning to the outside world. Uh, but, you know, create, that's what we do. But um, that's a, um, uh, that's a, that, that's from a real estate perspective, a guest experience perspective. Uh, what is a place like uh, as it as it keeps going past us, and so uh, creating the mechanisms for that to happen, being good at creating the funding and the financing, um, all of those things are the create part. Um, places, um, you know, we really do know what that means. It's a place where folks feel a sense of place, where they have a sense of belonging and and uh, feel connected to a community. And uh, when that happens, it's it's really pretty great. Um, and uh, that one we like a lot. And then terrific is actually um, my dad's word. Uh, we always laugh, but if you get an email from Harry and it, he, he's, you know, he emails regularly, he uses email really well. He's also super busy and super efficient. So the ideal email from Harry is terrific. And then you can just move on. And so uh, that's a nod to him and, and his leadership for the, you know, the, the history of the company. So um there you go. That's that's what we truly that is what we are all here to do, which is um, which is cool. Yeah, I'd encourage anybody listening to to go check out East West Partners, their about page. Um, it's just ewpartners.com. And on their about page, it's just really interesting and tons of insight on just to how they you know run their company, their values and their culture. Um, as far as, you know, that that keeping that those values and that culture in the forefront of everyone's mind. I mean, from top to bottom through your organization, um, you know, what are some ways that you guys kind of encourage that and just and keep that, you know, kind of as a living, breathing organism in your, in your company? Um, well, lots of swag. So we have lots of hats that say terrific places and <laughs> Carhartt jackets and Patagonia jackets and Arcteric jackets when we're feeling particularly um, greedy, I guess. Um, you know, it's a, um, uh, it, it, it's certainly interesting. I mean, I think we start with trying to hire for it. So we, that's really most important, probably, truly. Um, uh, in fact, I'd say that's easily the most critical. I mean, some of the, some of the values, like, you know, no corner cutting, like, um, that's an innate thing that is inherent in a person. And if they are the kind of person who tries to skip steps or, or move forward, we're not going to change them in their personality. And or if we are, it's going to take 10 years. So we got to, we got to kind of get it right the first time. Um, I think that the second component is that we do do a lot of um, uh, training that that training tends to be um, sort of leadership focused. Um, and we have honestly worked with the same group of people uh, as long as I can remember, it's an organization out of, Chapel Hill, North Carolina called Bell Leadership. Um, a guy named Dr. Jerry Bell sort of created this, this idea, this sort of metaphor, if you will, for leadership called the achiever model. And 
Um, we have all of our folks uh, every few years go through the 360 training around that. Um, we share all those reports out with everybody. We're doing it right now. We have a whole nother crew of folks going through it. We do it with our executive committee level. And then, um, you know, try to use the, the things we learn there to sort of disseminate through to understand each other and how to work off of those. Um, and then, you know, third, um, not super dramatic, but it, it, I think it does help. I do a relatively regular monthly or so update to the whole company. And um, I try to think about those values inside of that every time. I can tell you that our hospitality company, which is eastwest.com, uh, to confuse things for everybody, uh, at our hospitality company, they do the same thing in their internal communication, you know, the value of the month, et cetera. And, um, you know, talking about those things, reminding people of them is, is important. And so we try to do that. So those three things, I think, carry some of that stuff through and um, it's good. Yeah. I love how, how you've distilled that into like actionable, um, practical applications. It's not just a mission statement on a wall, but um, it's, it's actually lived out every day. It's really cool. Maybe, maybe Jeremy, I'm also really good at this <laughs> trick where when somebody asks me a question, I just come up with three things to say about it. And then it sounds like I've done, no, we, we really do give it a lot of thought. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so what are you guys at, what are you guys looking forward to in the future as a company? You have new projects in the works. Yeah, we're really fortunate. We've got, um, number of new projects going on actually a lot um you know we we uh took over the base village of snowmass two years ago and and that that has been a really um super fun project snowmass had gotten held up and they had built a parking garage but nothing else and so um no, that's not fair they had built their first phase and that included a viceroy hotel and a great a great ski beach but the, the middle had not been finished and so uh we were able to uh uh, take that over and it's been a lot of fun we finished our first buildings we we renovated the viceroy hotel we built a new limelight hotel which aspen ski co now owns uh and then we built three um new uh condominium buildings that, and we've been selling quite well there so we've sold a hundred and some odd things in two two years of effort which is feels pretty great uh and are doing some new funky things we have a really cool partnership with uh, the guys at Inspirado up there. And so that's um, a lot of fun. And then we got all this cool stuff going on in the plaza. And and now it's time to build condos across different price points. Um, so we'll be doing some townhomes that are ski in, ski out, that are incredibly beautiful and incredibly luxurious. And then we'll uh, be building another project a lot more accessible. And so we're sort of excited to see all that play out. So that's, that's snow mass and Deer Valley. We've got a project underway. We're um, called the Argent that kicked off. We've got um, the Lodge at Avon's uh, Weston Hotel in, in Avon. That's going great. We'll continue through that project. It's a long-term project. Um, and then in Kauai, we're developing a new um, one hotel with our partners from Starwood Capital. So uh, the Princeville Resort in North Shore Kauai, which is one of the most magical places on earth. And so we get to we get to work there every day, which is really, really cool. And I get excuses to go there and then get really floaty um, surfboards and sit in Hanalei Bay and pretend to surf, although I look like an idiot, but I love doing it. And so um, being, being on the North Shore is amazing. So um, really great stuff. And we've actually started some work in, in some of the other ski areas too. So 
Um, lots of fun stuff going on in the resort side. And then we're an urban developer. So we have uh, you know, big presence in Denver where we did Riverfront Park and Union Station, big, big, big projects. And uh, we have another big, big, big project in down, basically in downtown Denver, a first ring suburb and um, really excited to be working on and um, something we've, we've been dancing around for five or six years or maybe even 20 years, depending on when you think the first meeting happened. And so uh, a lot, a lot of work there. And then um, similar in Charleston, where we've got a new project on Daniel Island, kicking off new stuff at Kiowa. So from a development perspective, we are super wicked uh, busy. And, and honestly, a, a good number of those projects have been signed up since COVID started. So uh, actually pretty proud of that. I think, um, you know, in the urban areas, we're focused on being in planning stages. That's really important to us right now. And in the resort markets, we, we kind of prefer one-off projects to, to big planning exercises just because that those markets tend to be so much more susceptible to um, to, to cycles, but um, we'll see. So um, feel like we're in a pretty darn good place. Yeah, that's amazing. Sounds like you guys yeah. have your, your hands in a lot of different things for sure. I'd be, I'd be curious too, you know, just everybody is asking you, I'm sure you've, you've seen this, you know, throughout your network of, of people too, but everyone's just wondering, you know, what's the recovery going to look like? You know, what yeah. things need to happen for our industry, all these different questions. Um, I'd be curious if you have any thoughts, like what are some things in, you know, leading into the next few months, the next year, next five years for our industry, what are some things that, you know, maybe we need to be considering um, as an industry um, or maybe are forgetting or neglecting, you know, what are some important things you guys are going to be focusing on? I mean, I have no idea, guys. Do you guys, <laughs> if you guys can answer that, your I was expecting, podcast is the, I was expecting the future three of hospitality. I mean, I can come up with three things. <laughs> I mean, let's see. Um, well, I mean, I think of, I think a few things. I, I really do suspect it will take a while for business travel to return. I just mm -hmm. I think that's true. I think, A, it's a recessionary cut, and that it, that's understandable. Um, I think there is a real and sort of permanent, not permanent, uh, near-term um, sort of uh, problem of travel and people just not feeling comfortable traveling. Um, I think that is you know, double impacted by people not feeling comfortable going to the office, which is definitely true right now. I, I don't know what it's like for you in Missouri, but you go to downtown Denver. And I think of Denver as being kind of the, we're the Goldilocks state as it relates to the coronavirus. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're not having spike ups like Florida. You know, we, we have enough population that we don't get to skirt by the thing. Um, you know, we're not really yelling at each other too much. Um, you know, it's just been, it's been pretty effective. And so, uh, and maybe that won't hold, but as of right now, it's how it is. And go to downtown Denver and the, the places, the office place, I mean, they're, normally 180,000 people in downtown Denver and I'll bet you maybe 20,000 people are going to the office. Maybe. Um, I, mean, I was in my office yesterday and we have Autodesk and CIBC bank and ourselves on the floor. Um, and that's probably about 25,000 feet. And I asked the security guards if I was um, the only person on the floor and I was so uh, really interesting. So um, those things are out there and how they get fixed. I don't know. Um, I think I really don't know. Um, I hope we have a vaccine or something. I don't know. Magic, magic pills always are really great to get. So hopefully we get one. Um, and you know, that, that is out there now, this, this too will pass. And then ultimately I think things will 
um, return to something like a normal and, you know, but at the same time, I think we'll be impacted. So uh, I think that that's kind of my feeling. I don't know if that resonates at all, you know, for the resort business, by the way, I'll mention, I mean, um, the drive to markets as is normal in a recession. So they're coming back. That recovery has in essence already started. Um, you know, this one's different because we were, we really didn't have a recession. We had the government shut down unnecessarily, I think shut down work. And so that's just weird. So um, people were feeling flush. They were doing well. And um, so really intriguing. Um, you know, our hotel occupancy in, in Vail and again in Snowmass has been really great. Um, on the weekends, on the other, you know, we actually have folks in the Viceroy who have rented for a month at a time because they're just coming out and they're like, you know, I might as well be out here. So I think those things are pretty real. Um, I, I guess I would say, I really was trying to make it like a, hey, this is an interesting prediction. If I thought about the next cycle, the last cycle sort of belonged to, in urban areas really belonged to renters. Um, and in the resort business really, really belonged to the, uh, you know, let's go to this resort, let's go to that resort, just sort of experiential travel to go and do a different thing each time on the trip. And I have a feeling that the next cycle in urban areas belongs to buyers. That is, a little bit COVID related, but it's also demographic. There are now more Gen Wires having kids. It's time, so they're gonna they're gonna be buying. And then I think it also belongs to uh, probably belongs to condominium slash home buyers in the mountains, mainly because I suspect people are gonna be more willing because they understand they can do it now. They can go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina for three or four months. They can go to Kiowa, South Carolina for three or four months. They can stay at that cabin outside of Crested Butte for three or four months because as long as they have internet, um, they can make it work. So I have a feeling we'll see see those kinds of things, but those are, I mean, who knows? Those are really broad, um, really broad statements. Well, I think everyone's just kind of, no one really has all the answers, obviously. So we're all just speculating in a lot of ways, but that's Bill Gates, interesting Bill, Bill Gates, that's all the answer. <laughs> and that is reflected in the amount of money that he has. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people's minds have been opened up to remote um, living and work yeah. much more through this. So I think that, that will have some interesting repercussions and um, evolutions from that. So the theme of our podcast, Future Hospitality, um, we're interested in where your business is headed, but we're also interested in you personally. Um, what are you excited about personally um, in the future of the industry, uh, projects, personal life? What are you, what are you excited about? Um, let's see. You know, for us, it, um, East West, we have a whole group. Of, I'm one of them, although I'm getting pretty old now. Um, we had a uh, we had a, a meeting in 08 or so um, where the senior leadership team came together, and um, at that meeting we had a thing called the junior varsity meeting, and I was at the junior varsity meeting. And what's cool is that all the guys and women that I work with in leadership today were all members of that JV team, and I think that was really cool. And most of the members of that JV team made it with us to this point, which is also really cool. A couple people decided to go do some other stuff, but um, really great. And so for me, I'm really curious about two things. I think one is um, 
what will our leadership team's leadership look like going forward, which will be intriguing. Um, my dad is going nowhere. Um, he's um, uh, really, truly uh, super engaged in the company and we love having him around, but the rest of the team, that, that senior leadership team's actually retired. And so what will we do with the company is really intriguing as a group. And then I'm also really interested to see our next leadership folks. And actually later today, I'll be working on that uh, program and sort of think about what that looks like. So um, I'm pretty excited about those things for, um, for East West. I think it'll be fun to, to see what we end up doing. I have no idea um, what it might be, um, but I think it could be pretty cool. So I think from an East West perspective, personal perspective, what am I excited about? I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Chris, we're so uh, thankful for having you on the show. Uh, thank you for spending a few moments with us. And, Absolutely. Uh, hey, Jeremy, do you mind if I throw yeah. in a, a shameless plug? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we run a we run a little newsletter. We have a rule about the newsletter, which is we will not put you on it. So everybody has to sign up on their own. Um, it's called the Monthly Archive, and it's a monthly collection of thoughts, ideas, etc., about real estate community, urban areas, mountain towns. Um, we're pretty proud of it. And so it's the it's the monthlyarchive.com is the website, the monthlyarchive.com. And you can sign up there and we will only spam your inbox on a monthly ish basis. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And we'll put a, a link to that in the, in the description of the show as well. So cool. Sound good. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of future hospitality podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Future Hospitality and on Facebook by searching for Future Hospitality. 